Hey, golfers. What's going on? Welcome back to the podcast. Tim Connor here, golf coach, golf academy owner. I help people play better golf. That has been my career and my mission for a while. And I put this podcast out into the world because I want the things that I get to see every week, I get to see every day. I want to see it go live somewhere. I want people to be able to soak up the things I've learned. And uh, golf attracts an interesting crowd. Definitely a lot of people who are information thirsty. I think information is great, but I also think it's only the beginning. And you don't have to go that journey alone. There are a lot of us golf instructors that have been out doing this thing for a while. We're mature. We've taught a lot of golf lessons. If someone's been teaching full time, they've been teaching about a thousand hours a year for some amount of time. That could be years, that could be decades. And there are definitely layers to that kind of maturation and learning process. And I say that because when you hear wisdom from somebody like a Butch Harmon, a Mike Bender, somebody who's just any golf instructor who's been at it for a while and has really evaluated themselves as they've went to continue to be a student of the game, there's, there's wisdom there. And I think that sometimes... More often than not, we get caught in this kind of shortcut media where it's like, I just read this article from this major golf publication and it said if I do this, it'll fix my game. There is no tip in the one history of tips that will fix your game. It could certainly set you the right direction, but at the end of the day, you need to refine your skills, refine your process, and continue to learn, evolve, and grow. If you're doing that, you will eventually get to where you want to be, but it's the little steps add up to the big steps over time. Now today I wanna to talk with you all about gear effect, why you should understand it, and the role it plays in diagnosing your ball flight. Well, let's start by defining gear effect. Gear effect is basically stating that as two surfaces rub against each other that are like circular, or you could rub your knuckles against each other, as one turns, the other's gonna turn the opposite direction. And that's what gear effect is. So for example, your club face and I forget this term, I think it's concave. Your club face is concave or rounded. And if I'm wrong with concave, don't hold it against me, but your club face is rounded. Think of it like the edge of a circle to be extreme. Now it's much less than a circle, but it still has the degree of curvature to the front of it. And for the right-handed player, and let's just talk in right-handed terms here. For the right-handed player, when that ball hits the outside of the club or the toe, it tends to produce a left spin. And let's say for our purpose that our ball was going to fly straight if you hit it in the center of the face. So if you hit it off the outside of the club, it spins to the left. If you hit it off the inside of the club, it spins to the right. Now there's also more layers to this. If you hit it off the bottom of the club, it produces more backspin. If you hit it off the top of the club, it produces less backspin. And if you hit it damn near right in the middle, you get the most accurate reading on your ball flight. When you're diagnosing ball flight with a driver or a hybrid or wood, anything that has that rounded face, you need to take into consideration gear effect. And if you're not taking into consideration gear effect, you're you're not diagnosing your ball flight accurately, or you're not you're not you're not there. Welcome to a brand new segment to have a little fun and debunk some golf mystery. This is this Random is Shit random Golfers shit Believe. This is a little controversial, but hear me out for a second. Drive for show, putt for dough. The greatest separator between the pros and the pro-nots, the amateurs, the wannabes, is their ability to strike the golf ball, their ability to drive it relatively long and relatively straight and have a one-way miss. So if you're not hitting 10, 12, 13, 14 greens per round, Ask yourself, are you driving it long enough, straight enough to where you want to be? 
Is the barrier for you playing better golf, hitting more greens, or making more putts? Putting is the easy answer, but for a lot of us, it's hitting more greens. Anyway, this segment is just brought to you to have a little bit of fun and help you sift through some of the random advice handed out on the golf course. Now back to our regular programming. The only way you can diagnose it accurately is if you hit the middle of the club face and or take gear effect into your matters. Now, for our general purposes, let me throw out some blanket statements. It's better to miss off the toe than it is the heel, especially with the driver. A hit, on, a miss on the toe with a driver is liable to lose anywhere from, say, 5 to 15% of your total distance. A miss on the heel is liable to lose anywhere, say, from 10 to 30 or even 35% of your distance in extreme cases. Misses that aren't even on the club face, you know, if it's barely hitting the club face, like, that doesn't really count. That's not a golf shot. But if it's on the club face, you're liable to lose much more distance if it's on the heel than if it's on the toe. That's a blanket statement, and that holds really, really true. The reason for that is when you hit it on the heel with a driver, it tends to produce a lot of a lot of side curvature to the right, and that curvature tends to really negate your distance. And the toe, and it also increases your backspin. And the toe does the opposite, decreases backspin, produces more of a left curvature, and that's just not as harmful to total distance. But I wanted to really dig in and talk about gear effect because so many of you don't know this, but you do. You're a slicer because you hit the inside of your club. You're not a slicer because you have a wide open club face. Although an open club face is one that's more likely to hit the heel. The majority of the big slicing tendencies come from hitting it off the inside of the club. What's the easy answer to that? Well, it's to learn to hit it off the outside of the club. And that will rapidly increase your results. You're, meaning your results will get significantly better if you can simply learn to hit it off the outside of the club. And for most people, they say, well, should I, I'll just move further from the ball. And that is like a logical thing to think. But for most of us, that's not the solution. Most of you hit it off the inside of the club because your hand path or your arm path is so far away from your body that you have no real choice. Or your, your sweet spot is outside of the ball. The easiest way to learn how to change that or to demonstrate that is set a cardboard box next to your golf ball and learn to swing from the inside of that cardboard box. You're going to learn that you have to really change your golf swing, change the dynamics of your golf swing to approach that golf ball from the inside of it. And the major thing that's gonna change is gonna change some balance points in your feet. It's really gonna change how you bring that club down and what angle you bring it down from. And the angle that we wanna bring it down from is from the inside. I've done a lot of podcasts about that, but especially with the driver, the driver should swing the most inside out and the most up to the golf ball. Depending on your swing speed, that could be anywhere from a degree up to five, seven, eight degrees up. So for the faster swingers, they're hitting less up on the ball and they're relying more on their club speed and, and shaft kick to get that ball airborne along with the speed. And for slower swingers, they need more backspin, they need more launch. And that, that combination of things is going to create the most effective launch to their golf ball so they can really maximize distance. And that advice right there is why we don't tell little Jimmy to hit down on the golf ball when he's four years old. Or we don't tell little Susie to hit down on the golf ball when she's, you know, a, a handful of years old. It's generally not great advice to give that advice to someone who doesn't have any swing speed. Although they can get their wedges up in the air. What they really need to know is they need to hit the ground underneath the ball and they need to have some speed and some loft and they need to hit it near the middle of the club face. As they get older, they can really learn to hit down on it and that can evolve with time as they learn and grow. It goes as well for senior golfers. Senior golfers that don't have a lot of club head speed, 
they're not going to hit down on the ball very much. A little bit with their more lofted clubs, and they're going to be hitting up on it a lot, ideally with their less lofted clubs. Anyway, that's kind of how you figure out what advice to give somebody or to how to go about it is like, what is the best application of that tool for that person? If they're a older person with very little swing speed, they need a loft, they need upward hit, and they need that club to create some backspin to be able to get that ball up in the air and create proper launch conditions. And that can be a club fitting conversation, but at the baseline level, we should understand the theories and then we can work towards proper fits, proper swings, and learning how to play this game better. But let's circle back to gear effect. So just to summarize a few things, hitting it off the inside of the club makes it spin to the right. Hitting it off the outside of the club makes it spin to the left. Hitting it off the bottom of the club increases backspin. Hitting it off the top of the club decreases backspin. All other things kept the same. Now there are unique scenarios where yeah, you should have sliced the golf ball, but you hit it off the toe of the club and maybe it goes straight. Or maybe you should have hooked the golf ball, but you hit it off the heel and maybe it goes straight. There's all this little nuance to how you can figure out your ball flight, but it's important that you understand it and you understand that hitting it near the middle of the club face is really damn important. That's what we should really be circling to is, is it's a serious skill that's built amongst the best players is how to hit it near the middle of the club face. It's a combination of hand-eye coordination, having a great swing path, and then also keeping that club face relatively square to the arc, understanding your swing and, and, and learning from your miss hits and refining that axe and sharpening that axe time over time and sharpening that axe over time because you, you understand when you hit it on the toe and when you hit it on the heel and then how to work your way back towards center. We always want to start with a posture that's relatively neutral, arms hanging naturally below the shoulders, having a little bit of forward bend from the waist. The club's going to be slightly further away from you with the driver and slightly closer to you with a wedge. That's some generic advice to get you in the ballpark, but all that stuff is important. It's important you understand gear effect. It's important you don't suffer from paralysis by analysis either. A lot of golfers struggle because they have too many thoughts on their mind. They they are like a hummingbird or a bumblebee pollinating flower after flower after flower when they haven't put the love and care into just giving it to one flower. And what that means in golf is like you can't be scatterbrained to really make progress. If you're focusing on five or six things, that's too many. You need to focus on the one to two core things that are going to have the highest output on your needs. www.whatdoisuckat.com. Go to that website. I want you to figure it out. It's really a personal journey. You can work with it on a coach as well or have a coach to help you refine that, learn that. But you got to figure out where do you, what are your weaknesses, what are your strengths, and that's how you cater a game plan to help you get better at this game. Anyway, y'all, I want to thank you for hanging out for another podcast. Send me your suggestions. Send me your feedback. Leave this thing a review. That is the fastest way to help this podcast grow. We're moving into 2022, and it's going to be a big year for this platform, and it's going to be a big year for your golf game. I hope you're on board. I hope you're learning things. I hope you're excited. And uh, let's finish the year with putting our best foot forward. We don't have to wait till January 1st to make positive progress. I'll catch you back here, same time, same place, next week. Oh, my God.